0: Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the official podcast of CubbiesCrib.com. Here are your hosts. Jake Meisner, Taylor Mathis, and Justin Curran. Good evening, everybody. Jake Meisner here along with Taylor and Justin for the first episode of the Cubbies Crib podcast back after a multi-year hiatus. And apparently the baseball gods are smiling upon us because all kinds of breaking Cubs news. So, uh, Justin and Taylor, welcome. And, uh, if you guys are good, we'll dive right into um, this signing. First off, uh, the Chicago Cubs agreeing to a two-year deal with left-hander Drew Smiley. Um, any initial thoughts? We'll start with you, Justin, on uh, Smiley coming to the North Side.
1: Four-eight-eight ERA, just ERA plus of ninety-two, FIP of four-point-four-nine it's not usually good. He is only 27, but it's not good to see that much of an increase in numbers over that short of time. But Hey, there's, I I mean, if he can be a, what four ERA pitcher right around there, that, that could be big. He could be a nice fifth starter slash, uh,
0: swing man for the Cubs. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Taylor, any thoughts on, on Smiley? It kind of came out of left field. I, mean, I don't think I have heard one time that he was coming
2: here. Right, yeah. Um, no, just looking now, well, he obviously had a Tommy John surgery, so he's going to be out most of 2018. So I feel like it's going to be a little hard for the Cubs to uh, gauge where he's going to be at in terms of pitching.
0: We haven't yeah, found out so. how –
1: Yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, Justin. Go we we still haven't found out how much this contract was for, but I'm guessing it's it's nowhere over five million per year. Right. So it's probably a low risk, high
0: reward type of deal. Yeah, and I I think that it's it's a it's a smart move. You can never have too much pitching. Um, I mean, you see that year after year with pretty much every team. Um, But I think it's also important to note, because he's out, he is a depth piece right now. uh, And I don't think it means anything in terms of the Cubs pursuing other starters, uh, especially guys like Alex Cobb.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see them go after Cobb still. I, I just, I don't know how much I trust John Lester moving forward. I still think the Cubs need an ace. And I don't know if John Lester is that ace. This year, next year, and the year too. after
2: that. Yeah, I, I think I think and, and yeah, yeah. I think I I totally agree with you. I feel like he's he's getting older. His stuff's not getting as good. I don't really know if he's still elite ace quality.
1: Rosenthal just tweeted out that the deal is two years, ten million plus seven million in performance bonuses. So fourteen seconds ago, so. I mean right around what what I thought. He's getting paid five million to sit on the couch this year and you know, potentially twelve million next year. Not bad. Not bad. It's
0: not gonna blow you out. I, of I the mean
2: water, I, I think I a think that I deal. Deal.
0: <laughs> Yeah. And I think another important thing to note here is Smiley uh, did pitch with Tampa Bay when Madden and Hickey were there. So you know how yeah. Joe loves—he loves, he oh, loves yeah. his guys. He loves—he loves knowing what he's going to get out of them. Um, you saw that with Hickey coming here first of all, and now um, obviously we hear a Cobb all the time. Smiley, another name, uh, went over, pitched half a season with Tampa uh, a couple years ago, back in in 2014. Down the stretch, uh, made seven starts, pitched to a one seven oh earned run average, um, and a WHIP below one. Um, So he pitched really well for Joe. Um, It's promising, hopefully reuniting him. Obviously, I'm not asking for a sub-two ERA, but if you can get anything between three, three and a half, uh, I mean, that's basically like a mid-season trade acquisition. If he comes back mid-season, that's a guy that's going to come up and give your guys a blow and hopefully help you down the stretch. Yeah,
1: I mean, what? I mean, high side, is he a four-starter? He's he's not gonna he's not blowing you out of the water with anything
0: really. No, definitely not. He's he's not here to be an ace. He's here to provide depth, shore up the back end of the rotation, and uh, another bit of news that broke right as we were going on the air. Um, literally no time to prep as far as talking it out, digging deeper into it. Uh, left-hander and Cubs swingman Mike Montgomery is reportedly unhappy with his role in Chicago um, and is either looking for the opportunity to earn a spot in the rotation or go somewhere where he can. Uh, Ken Rosenthal tweeting out about half an hour ago uh, that he has communicated the desire to start to the Cubs, but he did not tell them that he had to go elsewhere if that opportunity is not available. So he didn't issue an ultimatum, but clearly he feels like he's done enough that with all this talk of the Cubs needing another starter, he feels like he has earned a shot at that. Uh, Taylor, any thoughts on Montgomery wanting a shot I mean, at the rotation? I
2: mean, I mean, I understand his frustration. I feel like especially with his role uh, for the Cubs the past couple seasons, it's kind of been all over the place. Reliever, starter. I mean, I think as a pitcher, you want to know where you stand and uh, how you're going to help uh, your team, where you're going to – if you're actually going to stick in a certain role. Um, But I also feel like for the Cubs, he's not really the uh, starter that we need or the man that's going to be that uh, part of the rotation. I I feel like the Cubs could do better, but that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah. Justin, any follow-up thoughts on that?
2: I, I mean, besides the curve
0: ball,
1: he pitched last out of the 2016 World Series. I feel like Mike Montgomery's been overhyped. He's not a starter in my mind. Agreed. He's a guy that comes out of the pen. He's not even that reliable, though. No. It'd be different if he was just locked down in the pen and he's making the most out of his opportunities. But he's got a high walk rate, 0.8 walks per nine. He's got not exactly a high strikeout rate, 6.9 strikeouts per nine. He's – if he thinks he's a starter, I, I mean, I get it that he's got to have confidence in himself, but I don't, I don't see where he has this much confidence if he's putting his foot down like that. I mean, who, which teams out there are, are uh, clamoring for
2: Begging Mike to Montgomery
1: to be exactly?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I just I don't get where It
2: feels like he has the power to throw out kind of almost an ultimatum.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and it's not like the Cubs are going to get anything significant. If it came down to it and they had to trade Mike Montgomery, you're going to get a mid- to low-level prospect who's probably never going to make an impact in Chicago. You're not trading Alex Cobb. You're not trading, you know, Alex Columet. Um And like you said, Montgomery's strikeout-to-walk ratio is a huge concern to me personally. He seems able to work around it. He only had an ERA above four one month. Uh, last season. uh, July, he really struggled. Uh, He actually made three starts, three relief appearances, an ERA north of seven, and a whip above 1.5. So he was striking out almost nine batters a game, but it didn't really matter because he was also walking people. Um, But, yeah, I I don't see him as a starter. I just, you know, I would rather take a one-year flyer on somebody like Chris Tillman than hand the, the last rotation spot to Montgomery.
1: I didn't think Montgomery was going to get the last rotation spot anyway.
2: Me either, ever.
1: I mean, I, unless he's – the, he's the sixth starter in a perfect world. And, I mean, who, who wants him? I mean, he's not an awful pitcher. But who's, who's going to give up if you have a decent farm system? If you have an awful farm system – a top 10 prospect, not asking that much, but you can't go to a team contending like the Yankees and ask for a top 10 prospect. No chance. You're going to get that from
0: Montgomery. No, I, I agree. Um, Matt Clapp um, on Twitter at the blog finds one of, one of my favorite accounts to follow. Uh, he did raise a, a fair point um you know that he doubts anything's going to happen with Monty but he could make sense in a big package like if the cubs decided they're going to go for it they're going to go after Chris Archer he's cost controlled through 2021 um and for a team that isn't in the hunt for a fourth straight LCS a third straight division title he could make sense as a starter i'm not saying he doesn't i'm saying that I don't want to have him try and prove himself on a team that has World Series aspirations.
1: I couldn't agree more. What do you think,
0: Taylor?
2: Yeah, that's a solid point. I agree.
0: So I I think we'll see. I I definitely trust Joe to work through this. I mean, you saw him work through some stuff with Montero last offseason. Obviously, that didn't quite uh, smooth itself out. Um, but I, I think I would trust Joe more than any manager in baseball to have this tough conversation. You know, it's going to come down if the Cubs have an opportunity to make a strong push for a quality arm, Montgomery's going to be the odd man out. I don't understand how he doesn't understand that. This, re- this, this whole thing reminds me
1: of Tommy LaStella 2016 in the summer when he, get, he refused to go to Iowa and he was in New Jersey for about two weeks. This reminds me of that, where you don't have enough leverage here to be making these kinds of moves. If you want to get out of town, that's fine. But, I mean, expect to start on a team that's winning 65 games next year.
0: Yeah. I mean, hey, the Miami Marlins, that would be a great spot. They might win 65 <laughs> games if they're lucky. Yeah. But, but you know, on the starting rotation, um, we'll move on past Montgomery. I, I think it's too soon to make a big deal out of it. You know, this just broke. Supposedly, he didn't give the Cubs an ultimatum. But let's just go with our general consensus. He is not the fifth starter. The Cubs went out and picked up Tyler Chatwood last last week, three years, just under $40 million. Um, Taylor, what were your thoughts uh, when you heard the Cubs went after Chatwood?
2: So, I actually asked. Uh, this question and like a live that I did on my Instagram kind of to ask people what they would rate this grade wise. Um, In my opinion, I give it like, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I think obviously you can't look too much at his pitching at cores for obvious reasons, but his road ERA has really been great. And I'm sure that's what the Cubs, you know, have obviously looked at the most, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's also just something that you're going to have to see how it plays out, and we'll we'll see how he does when he's pitching at Wrigley.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that. Uh, what about you?
1: I think I think I'd give it a little more of a B plus. I like his road ERA, and it's it's really tough to pitch in Coors Field. And he's still young. What I liked the most about it was he's only 27 and we get some controllable starters. I know Cubs fans don't like to look at the White Sox so much, but if you look at the White Sox, the, the reason why, how they got, why they got the overhauls on their trades that they did is because they had Adam Eden, Chris Sale, and Jose Quintana. It's these huge, like five-year contracts, but it was only like 20 million. So, I Chatwood was, what, a two-year deal or is he a three-year deal? I think he was a three-year three deal. deal. Three. He's a yep. three-year three year deal. deal. Yeah. So, even if Chatwood isn't all he's cracked up to be, it's it's kind of a low risk just because of the third year. And you could still ship him off to a team if he's not working for you at the end of this year.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think it's important to understand what they brought Chatwood in to do. Basically, Chatwood needs to replace John Lackey. I mean, they're not asking yeah. him to be Jake Arietta. they're asking him to be John Lackey. And I love Lack; he gave a lot, obviously, for the World Series team and the, the year after. But you know, matching what he did last year isn't exactly a thought task.
2: No, I, I don't. I don't agree with you. I don't like him very much. I don't know. Like, I, I don't mind him going. that's how i would put it
1: yeah john lackey yeah every time he was on the mound he he was just destined to give up five runs in the first
0: (laughs) well at least as cubs fans we will always have the memory of john lackey on the mound in the division series in 15 for the cardinals when the cubs shellacked him that is my favorite john lackey memory what about the haircut? Oh yeah, well you know yeah we won't even get it. There. <laughs> that, that,
1: come on, that's hands down the best John Lackey memory.
0: Come on, he he's defi- he's definitely good for some for some one liners. Not here for a ha- yeah. I'll give you that. That that was pretty solid. Um, All right, thanks. Outside of Ch- outside of Tyler Chatwood, uh, the Cubs. Obviously, Smiley today. Uh, They also made it official with Brandon Morrow on a two-year deal. Um, You know, before we went on the air, you two were kind of going back and forth on this, on whether or not you trust him to close out games. I mean, last year we had Wade Davis. Wade was near perfect in the postseason. He did everything he could to get the Cubs where they needed to be. He left it all on the field. You know, a a class act, gritty, old-school guy. Um, we'll start with uh, you, Justin, on how you feel about uh, Morrow as a potential closer in 2018. I love the signing. He could be a closer, but he doesn't have to be.
1: He could also be the setup guy. And keep in mind, he was throwing absolute gas in the World Series. He was cranking it up to 99, 100, 101 on a consistent basis. And that's the way relief pitching is like is headed towards in the future. He is 32 years old, but a nice two year deal. I, I felt like $11 million a year, 10 to 11 a year. Wasn't even that much. I felt like the Cubs, I felt if I had to give this, give this grade a deal or this deal a grade, it's a, it's an A for me.
0: What about you Taylor?
2: I mean, I, I would agree. I think it's, in A, but I just don't know how much you can rely on him as a closer, in my opinion, because like you said, I mean, Wade Davis was near perfect, and then you go back closer the year before we had Chapman. I I personally just don't think he's a Wade, a Wade Davis or a Chapman, but that's just my opinion on things. I think ideally, I mean, trying to add Morrow and, you know, re-signing Davis would obviously give the bullpen way more versatility, but I obviously that might not be an option.
1: I, I, okay. get, that everyone, right. I get that everyone loved yes. Wade Davis last year, but I, I don't know if it was just me, but he didn't really feel dominant. Chapman, at his best, was dominant. Wade Davis, he, he would give up like two or three walks in it it seems, and then he would get out of it. He didn't have electric stuff. His numbers were down year over end. I, I just, everyone was very, I mean, the numbers looked great for Wade Davis, but the eye test on him, I, I wasn't a big proponent of him coming back for the Cubs. He's gotten up there in age. Just, He just, I, I mean, there's no, there's no stat to prove dominance. But I just I just didn't feel like Wade Davis was that dominant.
2: I mean, okay, well, I, get, I get what you're saying. But in, in my opinion, like, you got to think, especially in the era that we're in with the Cubs, most fans are pretty much banking on the fact that we at least get into the playoffs and, I mean, hopefully make it to the NLCS. And if we're comparing who we're going to be up against, which, you know, this past season was the Dodgers, could likely be them again. Is Morrow going to match up to Kenley Jansen? That's like what I think of, and I personally don't think so in a closing situation.
1: I mean, but Kenley, Kenley Jansen is, what, a top five closer in the game of baseball? I, I just, I don't exactly. think it's Exactly, but to... I mean,
2: he's being placed on, I, I would say the Cubs are a top team. I feel like you need a, you need a top closer, especially in a playoff situations.
1: He could definitely be a top closer, though. He still has that upside potential. I, I just – did you really feel like – I I get that I'm probably in the minority here, but did you feel like Wade Davis was a top five closer last year? Because I didn't.
2: I mean, I would have to yeah. say yes.
0: Yeah, I would, I would definitely have to say yes. And I think the biggest factor in here that we haven't talked about yet is the Cubs got Wade Davis for nothing except Jorge Soler. And I think that is a oh, yeah. huge factor to take into consideration. Yeah. We gave up nothing and got a top five closer who blew one save, regardless of whether he tight roped his way in and out of danger. He only blew one save and came up huge in the postseason. And mm-hmm. he cost us next to nothing. I, I, I get that he cost you next to
1: nothing, but if you, what's the way Dave's going to go for this off season, he's getting at
0: least 16 average. Yeah, MLB is, trade rumors has him MLB trade rumors has him pegged at four and fifteen. Okay. Okay. I mean he is thirty two. But I just well, I
1: mean, velocity
2: numbers went down. Yeah, go ahead. Morrow's thirty three.
1: Yeah, I, I get it, but I don't know, maybe I mean Wade Davis has a little a few more uh a few more innings because I mean, Morrow, up until that point, he was a failed starter correct yeah. and, and similar to Wade davis and i i just i feel like he's got a little bit more left in the tank and velocity is huge, especially going forward and right now and i i just if wade davis if your closer is only throwing ninety four
0: that's just not enough for me right, so if you're going in you're going into spring training. So fast forward two months, pitchers and catchers are reporting. You're getting ready for the season. You have to pick. Say the Cubs don't add an impact closer past Morrow. Would you rather have him close out games for you, or would you give Carl Edwards uh, his chance? I'm sticking with Morrow. Yeah, I don't trust Edwards.
2: I agree agree with that for sure.
1: Edwards. Yeah, he, uh, I, I think
0: that that's so bad, bad in clutch to... situations. Yeah. Yeah. I think just at, at the end of the year, I think he left such a bad taste in everyone's mouth that nobody even wants to contemplate him getting the ball in the ninth now. I mm-hmm. mean, wait.
2: I think he still has a lot we... of developing left to do as a potential closer.
1: Yeah. Do you, do the Cubs send him down the trip away at the start of the year? Because what's the point? of having him in that fireman closer type role if he still hasn't truly adjusted to major league play? Do you send him down to AAA, be the everyday closer, you know, get get his experience there? Or do you have him kind of in this limbo?
0: No, he is absolutely going to open the 2018 season in a key role in the Cubs bullpen. As bad as he was in the postseason, yeah. and I know that that's what looms in everyone's mind. he had a sub-three ERA. He pitched in 73 games. He struck out almost 13 batters per nine. He was really good last year. But you got to take into account, as small and lanky as he is, he more than doubled his work year over year in terms of innings. It's going to catch up to you. I think he is going to be a very good reliever next year, and I think that people are hugely underrating him. Do you think he'll just rebound just like that, though? Don't
1: you think there will be Absolutely. a little bit of a mental hurdle just to go over? I
0: mean, he he could not find the strike zone last uh, postseason. Yeah, honestly, I think he just ran out of gas. I think he just mentally, physically, he just ran out. Um, and it wasn't just him. I mean, let's just call it what it is. The, the LCS was brutal. That did not look like the, the Cubs whole, team yeah, that we all love. The
2: ran out of gas like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I feel like nobody nobody really had it in
0: them. No, exactly. So I think it was a team-wide thing. I don't think it's something that's going to carry over. I think the fact that they didn't play into November is going to be huge. They're going to come in fresh, ready to go. You know, there was now there's no talk of let's win back-to-back titles. It's let's go out, let's handle our business, and let's get back to what we did in 2015. I just don't know if I trust them
1: to – just rebound that quickly. I I don't know. I he he was put in that fireman closer in the sixth inning. There's a, there's a runner on second and third. There's there's one out. You need to get two. And I I get that he had what he had a three four ERA, but that's no, not exactly. He
0: was. He, was, a, he, he came out at two nine
1: eight. Two nine eight. I mean, it's very good on a team like the Cubs, if you're expecting to make that LCS again, you need to be great. You don't need to be very good. 298 out of the bullpen is pretty good.
0: So so if you look at his splits last year and you break it down into save situations and non-save situations in non-save situations, he made 41 appearances with an ERA of one, two, seven. So he was elite in those roles, but to your point, In save situations, he made 32 appearances, had an ERA north of six, um, and his strikeout-to-walk ratio plummeted. So that's going to be the make or break uh, with Edwards is in tight situations with the game on the line, you have the ball. Can you pull it all together and hit your spots?
1: Yeah, I just – I don't
0: know, I, Taylor. What do you think? I'm. I'm I, I mean, just, I. I, just, I can't I just think trust he's not him to close out ball games.
2: So. I don't. Really, I don't yeah. trust him either. I would definitely take Morrow over him. Like, I. I don't think he's really ready to close out ball games, but I do agree with you in the sense that I. He's definitely, in my opinion, he's not going to Iowa. He's not going to Triple A. He's going to be in a major league uniform, and I think he'll be an important part of the the bullpen. Uh, coming out as a reliever role for sure.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Another story that's definitely uh, cranking up the hot stove, not so much Cubs related, um, but reportedly the Texas Rangers and Arizona Diamondbacks are talking about Zach Grinke. And I bring this up obviously Mm. because Grinke is one of the best starters in the league. Uh, he definitely bounced back for Arizona, was a big reason why they made the playoffs last year. But I feel like every pitcher that the Cubs have been linked to at any point so far this winter has also been linked to the Rangers. So, do you guys think, say, this somehow gets pulled off, Grinke ends up in Texas, I, you would have to think that helps the Cubs' chances at bringing in Alex Cobb, right?
2: Well, I think, right. yeah, I also feel like, I mean, I don't know how serious people are in thinking that the Cubs are going to get Arietta back, but it was obviously linked that the Rangers possibly were going to try to go for Arietta and that just makes me curious. Are, would they still try to go for Arietta? Probably not.
1: I, I don't think there's a chance Jake Arietta comes back. If, if I had to give it to a percentage, either. five. He's not. He's gone. He's gonna. I mean, with Tyler Chatwood getting what he get like thirteen million. With Tyler Chatwood getting thirteen million, Jake Arrieta is probably gonna get twenty. It's gonna be close to that. It's probably gonna be four years, seventy-five million. Just speculation. Mm -hmm. I
2: I've been reading six years, two hundred plus is what he's trying to get.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, that's what Scott Bor. He's a Scott Boras client. Of course, he's trying to get over two hundred million. But I, I, I also wouldn't expect Arietta to sign within the calendar year. This is this is what he's a Scott Boras client. This is going to be Prince Fielder, circa what was that, two thousand eleven, where he signs in March or Max Scherzer or one of the other, those things. He's going to go to the team like the Marlins maybe or maybe the Rangers if they don't pull off this Granky trade it it right before spring training goes down and i i mean this this cranky development is really interesting but i don't i don't know how realistic it is
0: so i, I did some reading on it right before we went on the air um and basically part of it'll be swapping contracts so the Rangers to pull this off, basically Texas needs Shinsu Chu to be involved in the deal, just to help make the money side of things work. Um, and obviously, if you're if you're trading Chu to Arizona, you're gonna need a big return in terms of young, controllable players. Um, again, this just broke within the last hour. You know, you never know during the winter meetings if these things pan out. But I did think it was interesting because, like you guys pointed out. Arietta and Texas, there's a lot of connections there um, just given that he lives down there. Um, supposedly the Rangers and the Astros both in on Arrieta. But I have to agree with you, Justin. Arietta's probably my favorite player and I would put his odds at returning at less than 5%. There's no way. Especially with what Boris is asking for. Yeah, I, I mean... It, it, it will be a bummer.
2: It will be a bummer, but i have to agree. I'm going to be pretty sad, too.
0: Yeah, but,
1: hey, you know, it's life.
0: So, moving on from, from that, because, like I said, it's hard to really dive into that without knowing, you know, the validity of it, you know, how it's going to going to play out. I feel like, it's, it's again, sticking with the pitching theme, I feel like this time of year, it is a must-have that you have to have Chris Archer to the Cubs rumors at this point I honestly just don't even care I understand what he could bring to the table but one I'm not paying what Tampa Bay wants I'm not including multiple pieces including Hap Schwarber Baez Russell no not a chance but is is it just me or is this like another December holiday that we can look forward to every year you know Chris Archer
2: uh, It literally it it comes up every every off season. I feel
0: like
1: I I I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate if uh, Chris Archer was a Cub, and I, I know that people love him, but I I gotta see Schwarber go eventually. I get that he slimmed down, Ugh. looking good, twenty five pounds down. Apparently is what he said today. But I mean, I I don't know what you guys think. He is a Textbook definition designated hitter, and he'll probably do great things as a de- designated hitter. But I tell you, he's the worst defensive outfielder. He he looks like a catcher playing left field because that's what's going on. It, it, he he can't continue to put him out with a glove. I I don't know what you guys think, but I, I, I'm I'm I, done with the Schwarber experiment.
2: I I agree. Like, I feel like I'm just being really – I don't know. I don't want to get rid of the the Cubs' core, I guess, in the fact that I don't want to see him go, but I don't really want to see any of them go. Uh, But I do agree with you. I feel like he's the most obvious choice. If someone's going to go, I think it should be him. His numbers last year, batting average obviously wasn't good, got a little bit better after the All-Star break, but still not what Cubs fans – wanted out of him and I mean I I think the Cubs could honestly get away this offseason with not getting rid of one of their core guys or a big piece but if somebody's going to go I I think it has to be Schwarber too as much as I hate it
0: okay just to play devil's advocate here um, so obviously Schwarber missed all of 2016 came back played Superman in the World Series had us all heading into 2017 thinking This guy could win MVP. Obviously didn't go that way halfway through the year, ends up in Iowa, comes back, bounces back, still hits 30 homers. Average isn't there. The glove was pretty awful. Um, But do you think it makes sense, and I'll start with you, Taylor, on this one. Do you think it makes sense to trade Kyle Schwarber this winter when you know what his potential is? You've seen what he can do, but he's coming off – a terrible season do you think it's a bad idea to sell low on him
2: no that that's like what I was saying I honestly think the Cubs could get away with not really getting rid of any of their core I kind of look at our trade pieces in like tiers I consider him like a, a honestly like a tier three player though like he's along the same line as Elmora to me I don't feel like he has that much weight. Like, I don't, I don't really know how many teams are going to be going crazy over the fact of getting Schwarber right now. I, I feel like keeping him for another year, hopefully he has a better season, and maybe they can get something a lot better out of him next off season.
0: All right, what about
1: you, Justin? Uh, yeah. I mean, speak for yourself on the whole MVP thing. That stuck out to me. I, the man went four for seven. Let's, let's not act like he's a world beater. He went four for seven. And, yeah, nice, you know, gets the single in the 10th. Very nice. Yay. Cubs win the World Series. Okay? MVP, not a chance. Not a chance. I mean, the guy was, what, the fourth? He had the fourth highest-selling jersey in baseball at the start of this year. That's, that's just blasphemous. How that actually happens? He, he's, I, we were we were talking about how the Cubs need an ace. Chris Archer is an ace. He's young. He's controllable. He, he's what everyone thinks of when you think of a nice young ace. If you can get him, I'm I'm trading Schwarber, and I'm trading uh, either Russell or Hap. I love Bias just for the entertainment factor, but I would I would be willing to part for him at the right cost, it just – Chris Archer is, a, is an ace. And if you have to give up a couple very nice prospects who, are, who have been on the team for two years now, it's crazy to think that they're no longer prospects. But if you have to give those guys up, that, that you just have to do that. If you can get Chris Archer. I get that he doesn't have the perfect win-loss record, But if you look beyond the numbers, besides the fact that Wynn is a fake stat, he's very, very good, and he is an ace.
2: You think that it's worth it to get rid of Schwarber and possibly Baez Russell just for him?
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't don't
2: agree. I don't think so. I I mean –
1: what Schwarber plays left, Russell and Baez and Zobris. Zobris is gonna fade out if he but, hasn't yeah. already. Okay. So you have three guys, Hap, Baez and Russell for two positions. And if you want you wanna give Ian Hap more plate appearances, you wanna give Baez and Russell more plate appearances, I'd be okay with parting with Russell just because you know, he had a little bit of off field issues at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And also, 230 hitter. I mean, everyone talks about him like he's yeah, the but second he's coming. He's so
2: young and he has so much time left to still. I mean, I think he's already a pretty, pretty good shortstop and he has so much more time to develop.
1: That's why he'd be a good trade commodity. <sighs> Here, here was, I here see your was point, no but I
2: here. just also think yeah. our farm our farm system is pretty much completely wiped at this point. You start trading away all those guys who have experience, who have all pretty much have a World Series title under their belt as well. I mean, I don't know. I just think who are who are we left with just for one pitcher?
1: But here's here's the argument. Whenever I people bring up the farm system element. Farm system, the farm system is for teams who are bad, who are looking to get to the mountaintop. The Cubs are already there. You don't need a great farm system to stay at the mountaintop. The Cubs are eventually going to be very bad when all their stars get old. And then you rebuild right. then. But you don't yeah, – I wouldn't be focused on the prospect issue because you're there. You're, you are in your championship window. You are in right in the middle of your window. So why not just push all your chips to the center? And we're talking about a guy who's hit 239 and had an on base of 304. 304 is not going to win you any MVP awards anytime soon. I,
2: I get what you're saying. I just think all of these guys are so young. You don't really. I mean, I like we said, they've obviously been on the team for two years, so they're not necess, They're not prospects anymore. But I feel like they're all still so young. Like, what if Addison Russell goes somewhere else and he's unreal all-star and Chris Archer doesn't turn out to be that good? Are people going to be regretting that then?
1: Oh, of course they will be. But that's hindsight's twenty twenty. But I I don't – Schwarber. if he goes to an AL team, if he becomes a DH, he's hitting 45 homers at least a year. Okay? Because he'll forget about playing a position because he's just awful at pretty much every position out there. And Russell, he might be really great, but he could also flop still. He, still, he hasn't shown me enough. 12 homers last year, especially in 110 games with a little injury prone, I'm not fully convinced he's the superstar he, that everyone made him no. out to be.
2: I don't but I don't think he he doesn't need to be a home run slugger or a hitter I feel like the way the league's going especially now like you either have a team like the Yankees right right now that are stacked with Judge and Staten who are two huge home run hitters they're looking for them to crush the ball every time they're up to bat or you take an approach where you you try to get people on and you help in the situation that that hand at the plate and I think that Russell's a good guy for those situations, he doesn't need to be hitting the ball out of the park every time that he's up there.
1: I get it. I get it. But I'm I'm with my guy Joe Sheehan, where he says, ball go far, team go far. He's not getting on base. He's not hitting the ball out of the ballpark. He's got a nice glove. But other than that, what have you done for me lately? I'm not saying he's not a great player. He's a very good player. He was an all-star last year. But if you can package him in a deal for Chris Archer, you've got you to gotta make that deal.
2: We might just have to agree to disagree on this one. I don't I think, think we that just I would have get to rid agree to disagree. <laughs> I don't know.
1: What would you, here's a question. Would you rather get rid of Russell or Baez?
2: I would rather get rid of Russell. But I think I would go solely okay. based off the fact of his off the field issues that you mentioned. I, I just feel yeah. like that, that'd be why I'd lean that way. And I, I really like Baez like, a lot. He's just so fun to watch. So that's why I'd probably keep Baez. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, Russell or Baez, it's Baez by a mile for me. And that's not just because he's one of the most entertaining players in baseball. Off the field issues, not hitting the ball out of the ballpark. And if I've learned anything from Moneyball, it's about getting on base. And he doesn't get on base. So if you can package him for an ace, I, I'm I'm dealing him. All right, guys. Uh, we got. Well, looking, uh... hey,
2: looking at the Twitter poll right now, uh, Justin. I'm beating you seven votes to none. So. Uh oh.
0: <laughs> I can't. I can't vote for myself. I think people
2: want to keep Russell. <laughs>
0: Yeah, speaking of, I can't of from Twitter. Yeah, speaking of Twitter, uh, David Mignel, he actually used to write here at Cubby's Crib. Um, had some opinions on your guys' discussion, definitely sided with Taylor, um, said that Russell, you know, he definitely said, you know, the off the field issues hurt him on the field, clearly. Um, but did point out 125 hits, 95 runs batted in, 21 homers in 2016. Um, so, you know, it was a tale of two seasons. Um, the average was still a concern. Uh, but I, I, I will agree that if you're going to trade one of them, I think you have to trade Russell simply because even after, what has it been, three years now with Javi, with the big league club, he's still definitely got the higher ceiling of the two. Like, it's it's mm. not even a debatable Agreed.
2: Yeah, I
0: agree with you.
1: So I'm at 14%, 14%. There you go. Shout out to all the people voting for me. Right choice. Thank you very much.
2: Appreciate it. (laughs) Now I'm going to Uh,
0: Oh, sorry. I hate to to break it to you, Justin. You just dropped down to 8%. You're
2: at 13%. You just dropped to 13%.
0: (laughs) Well, at at least we know what Justin and Taylor will be doing. They'll just be campaigning for your votes the rest of the night. (laughs) There you go. So uh, a little bit uh, earlier this weekend, um, obviously the big news, two stories, Shohei Otani. We'll focus on that because it's related to Chicago more. Um, I'm not surprised personally that he didn't go to the Cubs, but I was absolutely floored that he went to the Angels. Justin, what was your reaction when you saw that was his choice?
1: Floored is a little strong for me. Surprised, but but I, who was it? I think it was Ken that tweeted out uh, West Coast and small market. Now they fit both descriptions there. I get it that L.A. isn't exactly a small market, but they're L.A.'s second team, and I I thought it was a I thought that Cubs fans were getting pretty uh, pretty ahead of themselves when they were thinking that Otani was going to come here, it would have been nice. It would have been nice, but let's just, let's stop making him into Babe Ruth. And as Dan Bernstein from the score said the other day, Babe Ruth wasn't even Babe Ruth. He stopped pitching after five years. I don't think it's possible to have a hitting pitcher at this level. Every single pitcher, in baseball was the best athlete in their county, most likely. Unless they unless they're like at one of these these crazy high schools where, you know, they have like six athletes in one year. But all these pitchers were probably the best hitter on their team. And I get Japanese baseball they say is the equivalent to in between double A and triple A. But I wouldn't expect him to throw one oh one have a two two e r a and have thirty five bombs i I think he's uh we're getting a little ahead of ourselves on Otani talk,
0: Taylor, what about you?
2: all right, I mean, I agree with you i wasn't wasn't really shocked whatsoever because, like you guys already said, I mean west coast small market obviously way closer to home for him too. Um, I think I was more shocked that the Cubs even got as far as they did still being in in part of the conversation for as long as they were, but I didn't ever expect him to go to the Cubs. And I mean, I kind of think honestly, like you were just saying he's not he's not Babe Ruth or anything like that. And I don't even think this even makes the Angels a contender, like whatsoever. I feel like it's kind of good for baseball for, you know, a top player to go to a team that's not necessarily one of the world series contenders, because I feel like that it's just a little more interesting for somebody else to, you know, snag a big player, but I don't even think this makes them really that notable. Yeah. They have trout and they have him, but I mean, other than that, I, I just, I don't know. I don't think it really does anything that great for the Angels. Besides, I think more people will probably be tuning into their games.
1: I I couldn't agree with you more. The Angels aren't a contender with the best player in baseball on their team. They have, if he continues on this pace, a top five player in the game, in the history of the game, okay? So let's not act. Like he's, he's, and they've won they one
2: playoff on both game
1: sizes. since like 2009. So <laughs> exactly.
2: like you just said, with the best player in the game, I mean, yeah, he's their number one starter now, and they
1: have no other pitchers. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, and they have the dead weight contract of Albert Pujols, who I don't even know what they're going to do with. Are you going to pay yeah. him the 100 million left on his deal just to sit on the bench? Do you cut him? What, what do you do with him? But Garrett Richards was their number one before Otani came. Garrett Richards. I mean, let's not let's not make the Angels into world beaters just yet. Will it be nice to watch? <laughs> some of their games with Otani. I'm definitely interested. However, they are definitely, they're not even a contender in their own division. No.
0: Yeah. And on the pool holes front, they still have four more years um, of that contract. He is heading into his age 38 season and they will be paying him 27, 28, 29 and 30 million dollars respectively through his age 41 season. So, wow. whoops. Well, yeah. if I mean, so
2: you know, I I'd be pretty satisfied with that.
0: Remember when
1: Cubs like yeah. and David Kaplan were uh, were hoping that he'd sign with the Cubs about a year oh. into their rebuild? Remember that movement? Yeah, looks looks pretty silly in hindsight.
0: Well, I think you just have to give the Cardinals credit where it was due. They let the face of their franchise walk out, and they knew what they were doing. They knew what that deal would look like in 10 years. And, I mean, obviously the last two years, it's been all Cubs. um, But they've had a very solid run since he left. Um, But I I did kind of want to spend the last 10 minutes or so here doing what we all love to do best, and that's talking about the Cardinals. Um, Giancarlo Stanton flat out Refused to go to St. Louis um, You know they they Missed on him I feel like at this point The moves they're making is just To catch the Cubs and I understand that But it, can they Feasibly make enough moves In one offseason To be on the same Platform as the Cubs I feel like you know Wainwright's getting older They have some questions in that Rotation uh, Yachty's not any, not getting any younger despite the extension they gave him last year. Um, do you see the Cardinals as the Cubs' biggest threat next year in the Central, or is that now Milwaukee? Uh, Taylor, we can start with you.
2: Was the question, are the Cubs still the biggest threat?
0: No, are are the Cardinals the biggest threat to the Cubs?
2: Oh, I'm. Thinking, I don't know. I was actually thinking about this. I honestly feel like things are a little. <sighs> even. Obviously there have been some rumors too that Arietta could go to the Brewers but I mean they probably don't have the money for him. I don't know though. I I feel like it's pretty even keeled between the Brewers and the Cardinals but because of the rivalry that exists between the Cardinals and the Cubs I'd probably still go with the Cardinals. What about I, you,
1: Justin? I, I, I disagree. The Brewers... Watch out for them. Let's keep in mind that up till the All Star All Star break of this year, they had what a four game lead on the Cubs, and people were actually considering, and I lump myself in that, on whether or not they were the best team in the Central. I I mean they have guys like Lewis Brinson, and I mean Lewis Brinson and all their other young controllable players. I mean that's just that's just the name of the game when it comes to baseball. Zach Davies as well. But, and I mean, Ryan Braun is still a beast. Like him or hate him, and you probably hate him if you're listening to this. I, I mean, Eric Thames had a really good year. Jimmy Nelson. Travis Shaw is a solid third baseman. Watch out for the Brewers. I think the Cardinals are aging. And keep in mind, they have, The worst manager in baseball, too. So that doesn't help.
0: Yeah, I know that the one thing the Cubs do have going for them against Milwaukee is any game at Miller Park is essentially a home game for the Cubs. I know that that's not a, maybe it's not a deciding factor, but I I definitely believe it plays a difference there. Um, But like you said, Justin. Yeah, it it absolutely does. It's so strange to drive up you know, the two hours from here to Milwaukee, watch the Cubs play there and, you know, Jason Hayward gets a single or, or Schwarber gets a knock and the crowd goes crazy. It's so strange to see that. Um, but Cubs fans definitely take over Miller Park uh, anytime there's a game up there. Um, but I, I definitely agree with you, Justin. They've got a lot of really nice young pieces. I think if they add somebody like Arietta, that can put them over the top. Um, but I I still see Arietta being more of a fit in terms of personality for a team like St. Louis. Um, It just seems like that no BS old school approach that Jake's really known for, you know, that insane work ethic, very focused. Uh, He's very about his business. That seems to line up with the type of clubhouse Mike Matheny runs. Uh, Personally, I think it's why Dexter Fowler Seemed so miserable in St. Louis. Obviously, I don't know if he was, but he didn't seem all that thrilled to be there. I know the Cardinals are reportedly listening on him already after just one year. Um, but yeah, I, it'll be interesting. I think the pecking order in the Central is kind of up for grabs. Obviously, the Pirates are yeah. pretty, eh, but definitely open to more thoughts. So,
2: so I got. So I have a few questions. That people uh, sent to my Instagram, and we were speaking about Jake Arietta. So I thought this was a pretty good question. Um, I don't want to butcher his name, but I think it's a man, Har- Harmelio, wants to know Do you guys think that Arietta is worth the amount of money that he is trying to command in the free agent market?
1: I'll, I'll take that Justin. one. I, I think, yep. yeah, I think that he's worth about $18 million a year. And that may sound crazy five years ago to have a pitcher who's probably going to be a two or a three down the road, be worth $18 million. But with all the money baseball has, he's not that far off from what his actual value is. Is he asking for a lot? Yes, he's a Scott Forrest client. That's part of the rules. However, he's not that far off in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think that it's, I mean, it's just the cost of doing business anymore. Top end starting pitchers, especially in a weak market. I mean, it's Darvish and Jake. Those are your two big dogs out yeah. there. Somebody's gonna Somebody's gonna pay him. I mean, it, it, that's all it comes down to. I think he'll get around twenty mil a year from somebody. It won't be the Cubs. Yeah, he's he's not coming back. He's not coming back. No, I, hate to break it to you. No,
2: not. Not to go completely off topic, but I got another good question that I'm curious to see what you guys think. But um let me let me pull it up really quick here. What do you think the chances are that the Cubs make a splash at China sign Bryce Harper next year? Oh what you are can the, take care of the, the chances thing. that
1: happen? Yeah. Hi. Oh but let's not oh it's let's not
2: make him a cub just yet. See that's why I think you save Schwarber and you wait and see if he has a great season this year, and he's an easy piece that you can get rid of that I mean maybe maybe he'd be more likable to other teams to want to have if he has a better season this year that's just my opinion
0: yeah I mean yeah, for, I mean for, well look at look at how the front office evaluates Kyle Schwarber. If, say, he comes out, drops 30 and 100 this year, figures it out. I'm not saying he will, but just for hypothetical reasons. You could, in theory, keep him if he proves he can play defense and, you know, thinning down and getting lean helps that much. You could keep him in left, move Hayward to center, package some combination of, of Happ and Almora and move him. So there are so many different weapons, and that's why I'm try- I would love to see the Cubs hold on to their depth as long as they can. Because if these mm-hmm. guys prove themselves, the asking price is going to go through the roof and that you can mix and match so many different ways to get what you need in 2019 and 2020. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So I don't know if we answered the question, but...
2: yeah, I don't know if we did either. I guess, I guess the question was, what are the chances, do you guys think, of the Cubs making a splash, and signing Harper?
1: Uh, I'd least give least. it, ooh, I'd say 30-70. I'd pump the brakes a little bit. I, I mean, the Yankees are out of it, of the stand deal. But, uh, I mean. You think so?
2: I, yeah. I don't think they necessarily are.
1: Oh, come on. Really? They have Stanton Judge and center fielder insert center fielder yeah, like, they don't need there, Arbor, if, too I,
2: I i mean i'm just saying like look at the yankees look at the amount of money they spend over the years they're always trying to go for a title like why why not put another all-star on our team
1: yeah but that that's ridiculous you you have i mean it two is two positions i'm just saying in i don't think I outfield cost out. a billion dollars I mean, two outfielders that cost a billion dollars. I I, I get the Yankees have money. I don't know if they have that much money. That's, that's a, I, I can Harper even play center on a consistent basis. He's more of a corner outfield kind of guy too.
0: Yeah. I don't think you can rule out the Yankees because they're the Yankees, but I think that their odds dropped precipitously with, yeah. with the Stanton move. Um, But yeah, we're, but, um, yeah, guys, we've only got about 60 seconds left here. Um, we'll be doing this obviously every week. Some combination of myself, Taylor, and Justin will be here. Hopefully, all three of us, but life happens. Uh, we've all got a lot going on. In the meantime, I definitely encourage you guys to follow Taylor, Justin, and our official handle at Cubby's Crib on Twitter. Um, I know Taylor's very active on Instagram as well. Yeah, um, but follow we will me be on back. <laughs> Yeah, we will be back uh, same time next week, uh, hopefully talking about um, the Cubs finishing uh, the winter meetings with a bang and adding at least one more arm. So thank you guys for taking the time. And uh, we'll... All right, it was fun.
2: Yeah, definitely. All right, thanks, guys. Bye.